Sometimes, sometimes I say too much. So I just need to <laughs> really a better filter. You're so quiet at the office. <laughs> well, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. new week and I know you guys are working hard competing harder to be better than yesterday welcome back I'm Jake Thompson I'm your host of the better than yesterday podcast and today is a very special episode as I get to welcome to the show Christine Repa Christine has been the longest standing team member at compete every day besides myself one of the first people that really joined in and has just run with the message Uh, It's been great to see her grow not only as a member of the team, but just an entrepreneur in her her own journey. So we talk a little bit about that, how she's been able to start and grow a yoga-focused brand while working at Compete Every Day, as well as her time spent invested as a marketing agent for the Olympic swimmer Dana Vollmer. So uh, she's got a great story. Uh, She's got a passion for her project, for what she does, and she's just got an awesome passion for the Compete community. Many of you have had the opportunity to interact with her via email or maybe in the community groups of the 21 Day Challenge. Christine leads the charge in that, does an incredible job, and just really has a servant's heart for this. So today's a special episode. Her and I sit back with a cup of coffee and get to talk about her journey to compete, uh, what's led her to this point, what she's working on now in her own time and within the team, uh, and just some tips she's had for success balancing multiple projects while still trying to build her own side hustle. So if you're in that space where you're working nine to five, but you're also wanting to start your own business or you've started building something on the side, Christine's got some great inside information for you for that piece of your journey that I think you'll find helpful. Uh, Before we dive into the show, just want to remind you, if you've gotten feedback for us, shoot us a note, podcast at competeveryday.com. We love hearing from you. Uh, If you want to check out past episodes, if this is the first one you've jumped into, uh, we've got two spots. You can go to betterthanyesterdaypodcast.com. All of our episodes will be right there on the homepage. Just search, listen. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as the Compete Every Day blog, which is simply we.competeveryday.com, because we know you do. All right, before further ado, I'll welcome Christine to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Today is a special one, as I get to welcome Christine Repa to the show. Christine has been a member of Compete Every Day for two and a half, three years now, three years now. Uh, and so she is our longest standing team member outside of myself. And so wanted to get her on today to talk about her journey in entrepreneurship, um, balancing it while working at another startup and just life. So Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. So most people listening, if they've had any interactions with compete have interacted with you whether they've known it or not Mm -hmm. uh give everyone a little background on who you are where you're from uh, a little bit about yourself okay um i am from texas well i was born in new york uh raised in texas uh went to ut did some traveling after ut did a lot of uh odd jobs here and there um and then eventually made my way back to Texas, uh, which is when I met you and uh, came on board with Compete Every Day. 
So you really glanced over those, but <laughs> let's talk about yeah. what those odd jobs were along sure. the way. Um, well, so right after college, I lived in Spain for a year. Um, I was an au pair there. And then I moved to, uh, to Guatemala and I volunteered as a trekking guide there um, for an organization that raises money for um, uh, to educate kids um, and lived there for four months and that completely changed my life. And then I moved to Colorado and lived there for three years and um, did some fun ski bumming there and odd jobs and uh, worked in a restaurant for a few years and did their events and hostessing and things like that. And uh, all the while, though, I will say, I was always thinking about my entrepreneurial journey and trying to figure that out and what I wanted to do. And it was one of those things like I would have this amazing idea for about two weeks, you know. It's like I was in love with the idea and I would plan it all out in my head and then it would just fizzle for whatever reason. Um, and so that kept on happening until I finally came up with an idea that stuck around for a month and then two months and then six months. And so um, that process of the one that actually stuck started right at my the end of my Colorado career whenever I moved uh, back to Texas, met so, you. And so I, I want to dive into that a little bit, but you're not from a family of entrepreneurs, are you? I am not. You're the first? I, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, my family, my, my dad's an engineer. My mom's a teacher. Um, my brother is an accountant, but not in accounting anymore. <laughs> You're laughing. But um, I'll let Luke explain what he does. Um, and then Katie, my older sister, is a doctor. And my little sister is a flight attendant, so we're all over the place. You are, but you guys travel a lot, and, and obviously you have some world experiences. So yes. the end of Colorado is where you had the idea for your business. I'm curious what eventually prompted that idea, what that what experience or just aha moment was, um, and then tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So um, one part of the, the, the project, the company, was always there. Um, and that's the social side of it. I always wanted it tied to something that was for the greater good. Um, and I think that was inspired by my time in Guatemala. Um, but then the other element was, well, what is it actually going to be? <laughs> you know, what am I going to sell or, or do? Um, and that was prompted once I found and fell in love with yoga. Um, I was actually anti-yoga for a long time. You were a competitive rower, I, right? I was. And that's when I started hating yoga. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were forced to do yoga for, um, for some of our workouts for rowing. And I'm not a flexible person. And to me, yoga was just trying to touch your toes, basically. And it was just miserable. Um, and then one of my friends took me like kicking and screaming to a yoga class. I don't know how she convinced me to do it. Um, and when I was living in Colorado, um, this is like years later, five, six years later. Um, and I loved it. It was, it was a very athletic flow. It, there was some stretching elements involved, but I mean, I was sweating and tired by the end of that class. And so this whole new realization came like, oh, yoga is not 
just flexibility. There's a lot more to it. And so, um, so I fell in love with yoga. I kept doing it. Um, I, I, I think my first yoga class, I wore like a t-shirt and shorts and, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I had never worn leggings before. I was a rower and a basketball player, like tight leggings. That was not like my (laughs) thing at all. Um, and so I, I figured out, oh, uh, these actually function for a reason in yoga class. You know, you don't want your like clothes going everywhere, but I still had this issue of like my shirt falling up into my face or, or pants sliding down or, or whatever. Um, and so I started looking for options to solve that problem, um, that were available on the market. And the only thing I could find were like skin tight suits and as I mentioned before, like it was hard to get me into leggings, much less like a skin tight shirt or onesie or whatever. So I was like, all right, there's got, there's got to be something out there. And there just wasn't. So I decided to design something that I could wear that would stay in place while I was doing all my yoga um, poses. That was something that I would wear that would like look good on me and I wouldn't feel self, you know, self-conscious. Um, so that's when the idea for the Yogzi, our, um, main flagship design, um, for Noya came about. Um, and it is a one piece garment. It is a one piece, but don't be, don't be afraid. Everybody who's listening. Um, it doesn't even look like a one piece. Uh, Jake, no, Jake has no, seen it. I've seen it. It looks <laughs> like a top and a bottom and you could not tell that they are actually all one unit. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, it's a bra, it's a top. And it's a bottom all all together, and it stays together. It functions very well, and it's flattering, and people seem to love it. So it's like a more sporty romper. It's all one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and so, how long did it take you from having this idea to actually getting the first one in hand? And, and I say that because you came on to compete just after moving back, and so mm-hmm. you. We're still in the idea phase. You'd started it. You had this idea. You wanted to build it, uh, but the prototype wasn't there. And so I've gotten to see a lot of this process mm-hmm. uh, develop. And so curious if you want to share a little bit how long it went from ideation to actual physical in hand. Oh, my God, this is real. Um, a long time. <laughs> I First of all, I have no background in um, fashion design. Um, so I didn't even know that people like actual people made our clothes. I thought that like it was all machine because it's so perfectly done. You know, I just thought it was all machines. So I, I didn't know, um, about what a pattern was. I didn't know how to contact manufacturers. I didn't know where manufacturers existed. I didn't know any of this stuff. Um, so anyway, to answer your question, it took about two years, um, to get a design made that was, um, actually functioning, uh, the way that we we wanted it to function. Um, we had several prototypes that led up to that. Um, but yeah, two years. And so you make it a hundred percent the U S which is, I know something you're proud of. How did you decide that process? Because obviously the athletic space, there's not many at all that are a hundred percent made in the USA because a lot of times it's very cost prohibitive Mm -hmm. to create something of quality Um, at a price point people can afford. And so Mm -hmm. with you, you chose to keep it all here Mm -hmm. um, in addition to your real social good side of the company. Why that? Why here? 
So there's a lot of reasons behind that. Um, one, it is cost prohibitive. I will say that. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it, that that is a struggle. But um, being as small as I am, it it's actually opened a, l a few more doors um, because if you're if you're going overseas, your your minimums are pretty high. Um, so that was that was one just logical reason to do it. But then um, a big part of of the company is also um, environmental and. Um, ethics. <laughs> so um, I wanted to make sure that I was working with manufacturers that um, were treating their, their workers the way that I would want to treat, um, uh, that I would want to be treated or, or the way I would treat my own employees. Um, so it was really important to me that um, I knew what was going on. I, I've met every, every person that I work with, um, almost all of them face-to-face. -face. Um, I've been in all the manufacturers. I know what's going on there. I know that it's clean. I know that it's um, safe. Um, so that that was important to me. And then also uh, cutting down on all the resources of sending things all over the world. I mean, that, that does make a big environmental impact. And so shortening those trips of where fabrics are coming from, where, um, where the end product is coming from, like that really, that really does help with the environment too. So uh, I would imagine people listening uh, that haven't started a business or want to start the business may be in that same ideas and not having a clue what to do with that. The idea sits forever. I know with Compete, I had the message for six to eight months before I was like, oh, t-shirts, let's go this route. Mm -hmm. How did you get started doing something you've never done before in terms of an industry and just kind of diving completely into this space, having no experience there? Um, I started asking a lot of questions to everybody who would listen to me. Um, I actually got my first foot in the door um, with a manufacturer by, by talking to a friend of mine who makes jewelry. So she just happened... I. I knew that she was um, part of the the f kind of fashion scene in Dallas and that maybe she would have a connection with somebody who actually did clothes instead of jewelry and she did and so and and that's that's how it that's how it happened I mean it's it's just it's just talking to people networking and asking a lot a lot of questions and you're very active in the Dallas scene that's the one thing I laugh about I, I live up in the burbs mm -hmm. uh, way way up in the burbs <laughs> but Christine's in kind of the heart of Dallas and you're always going to Dallas entrepreneurship events mm -hmm. startup week mm -hmm. things like that mm -hmm. uh, have those been beneficial and do you recommend those to someone who maybe hasn't started their business yet, but has the idea? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, was very fortunate with, um, some connections I made through like D Dallas startup week is a great, uh, that that's actually coming up pretty soon, I think. Um, and I think the first year that I went was the first year they did it and it has exploded. I mean, it is, it's pretty big now and they have all sorts of, um, categories of, you know, what, what you might be interested in. They have a, a whole fashion um, side um, that you can go and see seminars. And everybody who is there, the one thing I love about the startup community and why it's my home is um, that people are so collaborative. There's um, 
generally so open to talking to you and because that that's what everybody's about in the startup community they know it, you know that we are stronger together kind of um kind of attitude and uh there's not necessarily like this competitive like if you if you win that means i lose it's that's not how it is you know it's we win together kind of thing so um definitely definitely start networking if you're looking at um potentially opening uh, your own business, I would definitely go to things like Dallas Startup Week. Yeah. Well, and I love that because you are in the fashion space, fashion, sports, health mm-hmm. and wellness. Mm-hmm. But usually when you think about startups, you're thinking tech and you're thinking mm-hmm. apps and development and things that are not actual products, clothing, things like that like what we do now. Um, and so I think it's encouraging of the amount of value you've got from it for mm-hmm. people listening to find those in their city. Uh, if you are in DFW, it's April 3rd through the 7th. So it's coming up very quickly. Uh, by the time this airs, it actually should be this week. Um, and so go to DallasStartupWeek.com, find an event, go down, check it out. Um, and if it, there's another one in your city, I, I recommend it. Um, Christine also has the opportunity to deal with my craziness on a uh, day-to-day basis, um, but she has some other work she does too on the side. So before we dive into compete, how have you been able to manage building your own brand, helping our team build our brand, and also be an Olympic sports agent? <laughs> how, how has that process worked out and, and what's it been like from a juggling standpoint? Um, well, one thing that I think I, um, do well at is being open to new opportunities. (laughs) Um, the, the Olympic sports agent thing was, um, just kind of presented to me a a little over, uh, I guess a year and a half ago now. Um, and it was like, hmm, okay, (laughs) let's, let's, let's try this out. Uh, we can, we can, we can, we can make this work. Um, and luckily for me, uh, all three of the, all three of the things that I work on on a daily basis, uh, have a lot of overlap. They're all in the health and wellness, um, sector. Um, and so they kind of mesh well. Um, so that's, that's one thing, um, to, to keep, to juggle back and forth. Um, you know, an idea that I might have for Noya will generally sometimes work out for compete as well. You know, there, there's, like I said, like just that overlap is really helpful. Um, and then it's just fun for me. I mean, it doesn't feel like work. None, none of this feels like work. This all feels like things that I would do on my day off, you know, um, so I think that's the key in, in, in being able to juggle a bunch of things is you have to like what you're doing, you know? So, um, so yeah, so it's never really been hard. I mean, things, things get busy sometimes, but, um, but yeah, since, since I'm enjoying all of it, I don't know. Is that, is that a fair enough answer to your question? No, I don't it know. is. I think it's, um, I think it's key to be able to enjoy it. I, I don't think you have to love every aspect of it. No, yes. I think and I don't. And I, <laughs> you and I, and I know that. you don't. <laughs> I don't. And there's parts of it I don't like, but on the whole, it's the right. getting up, loving what you do, being able to do it. And so 
I think a lot of the idea out there of pursue your passions, only do what you love. I, I think there is a ton of merit in that just from talking to you and, and my own personal experience, but you're not going to love every aspect of right, it. Of it's like in relationship, you're not going to get along every day. There's some mm-hmm. days you're going to want to throw a kitchen sink at someone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean you don't love the person or the relationship. It's just that every, everything has that flow um, and work mm-hmm. too. So how do you find your kind of creative juices? How do you feel that between all these projects? So besides going project to project that you love, when it's time for you, because you and I have talked about this, it's hard sometimes to unplug. You're at home. Mm -hmm. You want to finish work instead of watching TV or you've got the TV on, but you're just so zoned in. How do you take time away to refresh yourself, but also revitalize and and refuel that creativity you need for all these pursuits Mm -hmm. well as you mentioned before and as we've joked many times um i love to travel um you're out of town this next month right yeah yeah i leave tomorrow actually um now uh traveling is a huge um refresher for me it's also um where i gain perspective um and it's also a creative process um, for me too. I write most of my blogs on a plane. Um, so that's that's one thing that has really helped me through, um, you know, just uh, keeping, st- staying fresh. Um, yoga, not to, not to sound patronizing of my own uh, stuff here, but uh, yoga is a, I, I mean, it's funny, like I'll go to a 60 minute class and I'll come out with like three, four new ideas of what, I, what I'm going to do. I know I'm not supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be like in a Zen <laughs> state, but I am like, my mind's kind of, you know, just naturally, uh, creatively thinking about, uh, about things. So yoga is big. And then, um, I've recently gone back to trying to do some more meditating and, um, meditation has helped to just kind of calm, um, all the crazy chatter that goes on like that's that's one of the challenges of having all these different projects is that your mind is always jumping from one thing to the next and thinking and thinking and and that's not necessarily a good thing all the time um you need some clarity some space to uh to to let your mind get creative i guess um and so yeah i've started meditating again every morning um to help with that do you find so for me when I travel, I feel like I'm a lot more efficient at my work because mm-hmm. I'm off either wanting to do things or if I'm at a conference, I'm tied up in the conference all day. And so when I get back to my room, it's like bang, 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 bang mm-hmm. in terms of email. Have you some uh, experience similar? And if you have, how have you been able to bring some of that back? Because it's very easy to get caught back up into the run of things when you're at home and in that basic routine, whereas feel like we're a lot more focused and productive when we're not supposed to be working. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would definitely agree with that. Like it's, it's about having those deadline that those like timelines, those deadlines. Um, I am a procrastinator for sure. Um, and if I, if I set myself, I have to set myself deadlines for things or they just won't happen. So, um, so having that space, like for instance, for the blog, I have a very, like, I'm on a plane and I have, uh, and this is how long I'm going to be on this plane. And so I have to write my blog in that amount of time, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so 
I think taking taking those lessons and bringing them back and and setting those deadlines and writing things down. You gave me a journal um, for for Christmas and I love it. And I and I didn't think I was a journaler, but and there you go or a plan a planner. Um, so just writing them down like this is this is a project that I need to get done and having an actual date of getting it done. Um, that's been very helpful. And so I want to circle back briefly to Noya uh, before we wrap up, because for every, correct me if I'm wrong, every item you sell, you plant a tree. Correct. What inspired that being the social good? That was the time in Guatemala that you're, you're like, I want to plant more. What made that become the option? Uh, and then second, what's been the most fulfilling part of your entrepreneurial journey so far? Good questions. Um, for the trees, that was inspired by my time in Guatemala. Um, quick story. They they have a lot of landslides in Guatemala. Um, and part of the issue with the landslides being um, relatively uh, destructive at times is there's a lot of deforestation in, in um in Guatemala as well. So when these landslides come in and there are no healthy trees to kind of hold the earth together with their roots and things, things get even more destructive. Um, so that, that's a very basic <laughs> explanation, but, um, I just realized how much, like how much trees do for us. Um, even things like that, that you would never even think of like, Oh, they're holding the earth together. Um, they're also providing us oxygen. They're also, you know, um, combating global warming for us. Uh, I mean, there's a, they are like the ultimate givers to me and, and they help people now they help people uh, generations from now. Um, and the, the company that I work for or that I work with the organization uh, who actually plants the trees, um, it's, it, it's affecting people now who are, um, were previously, um, not being able to put food on the table. Our farmers now at these, um, these places in, uh, sub-Saharan Africa where they're planting the trees they don't just plant um, you know just any trees they plant very specific trees some trees that produce um, food um, so they're able to feed their families they're able to make a living um, so I know that ended up being a pretty long answer actually but um, <laughs> so these this is why I uh, I picked trees because I just feel like um, there is uh, so, so many facets to them of, of how they help and give back and uh, not to say there aren't thousands, millions of, of other great causes in the world that just happen to be the one I picked. Okay. And then what's <laughs> been the most fulfilling part of your entrepreneurial journey so far? Um, most fulfilling. I think the most fulfilling for me, and I think you might be able to relate with me on this is um is helping others uh it's been really fun to kind of figure things out for myself but then to have other people um connect with me and want to learn um and uh and what I can do to give back because so many people have helped you uh, have been a huge help for me and my entrepreneurial journey and and there's been a, a lot of people who have helped me and so I, I've kind of like always wanted 
to give back. And at, at first it always felt like I was taking, taking, taking. And I've gotten to this point now where I feel like I'm able to give back some too. And that's been um, a really fulfilling, fulfilling part. Awesome. And so this being the Better Than Yesterday podcast by Compete Every Day, I'm going to put you on the spot here <laughs> oh, because great. when I talk to people about Compete and especially in my speaking now, we, we talk about this me versus you mindset that most people have in terms of competition, which is not how it's intended to be, nor is, how, is it how it gets out our best selves. You came into this with the idea for a yoga go. brand. Mm-hmm. And compete is rawr, in your mm-hmm, face kind of mm-hmm, look. Mm-hmm. And so we've had these conversations off and on. But you wrote a blog post. That I guess you'd been with us about a year at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you could share your mindset when you first started working with the team and what you were getting yourself into to how it shifted on what this idea of competing every day now is to you um, and really what started to change it for you so that someone listening that – may still they love this idea of being better than yesterday but they're still struggling with a disconnect in the word compete what that journey's been like for you on a personal standpoint yeah so um i definitely came into this thinking what is compete every day like that sounds really aggressive <laughs> um i i mean i certainly uh immediately connected with the message of the brand once I sat down with you and you told me a little bit about it. Um, but this compete thing was just like, sounded like, uh, like, I mean, I've competed a lot in my life, but I feel like I'm past the point of sports competition. And so that word just wasn't resonating with me. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that was something that I did struggle with at first. Um, now it's just, you know, now it's the name of the brand. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very, it rolls off the tongue very easily now. Um, but, um, but yeah, as I, as I got more into what it means, um, I realized how personal it is. It's not compete every day is not a generic term. Um, it's kind of how you, how you see it in your own life. It's not going to the gym and beating the person next to you. It is, um, beating you, you know, you from yesterday. Oh, look how that worked into the, to the podcast there. Um, so yeah. And, and for me personally, it is about making progress. Um, every day, no matter what, uh, that looks like. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. I love it. No, you, you are the one of the people I can point to and laugh when somebody walks into a booth or shoots us an email. It's like, I don't compete. I'm like, well, actually let's have a discussion. (laughs) Yes, yes, you do. (laughs) I have someone you should talk to. Uh Uh, all right. So for anyone listening, I'd love for them to be able to check out Noya to connect with you. Uh, A number of people in the community have already connected with you in one way or another, but how can people find you online and then also find your brand? Sure. So, um, my website for Noya is noyayoga.com. It's N-O-Y-A yoga.com. Um, you can also find um, the brand's Instagram at, at noya underscore yoga. Um, or you can find my Instagram at Christine Rippa. 
super easy to find. And we'll be linking to all of that in the show notes, uh, as well as a way for you to sign up for Christine's Noya newsletter. Um, Don't worry, but she is still not going anywhere. She's still on compete. (laughs) I'm still here. I told her... (laughs) When the day eventually comes that she is running with Noya full time, I'm going to be like a toddler hanging onto the leg, <laughs> kicking and screaming uh-huh. uh, for her not to go. So, uh, Christine, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. That's it for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. I I appreciate you as a listener. I appreciate each member of the Compete community, and I'm glad that you tuned in this week, and hopefully you found some value in what we shared and who we brought on and just all the types of content we're out sharing. So if you've got feedback, like I said, shoot us a note directly to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Connect with us on social media. Say hi. Tell us you found the podcast. We love connecting with new members of the community. We want to welcome you. Uh, and We want to find ways to connect you and equip you with ways that you can be better than yesterday. Have a great week.